My name is Scott Chaloner, and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a crisp autumn afternoon here in the capital, and I'm delighted to say that joining us on today's show is David Newman, Director of the Guernsey Alcohol Advisory Service, which provides counselling and support to anyone whose life is negatively affected by alcohol. A most topical issue, of course, since we're doing this in Alcohol Awareness Week. Um, David, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the programme, and it's really good to have you with us. Thank you very much, and thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful. Now, um, the theme of Alcohol Awareness Week this year is very much about alcohol and relationships, and they're two things that are closely linked, aren't they? And It's important to remember that when we think about alcohol addiction, nobody's immune to it. Um, I actually had a conversation with uh, the executive woman's alcohol coach, Michaela Weaver, earlier in the week, and um, she told me that 10 to 20% of all business executives are thought to have a problem with alcohol as well. So nobody is above this. It can affect all of us. And it seems to be that COVID over the last 18 months or so has really exacerbated that problem. So over sort of the last sort of year or so, um, how has that sort of affected you in your operations, would you say, David? Um, quite significantly. Uh, there's two aspects to the service we offer. Um, the first, we actually have a residential unit um, for people um, who've lost everything through their drinking. It's a rehabilitation dry house, and the idea is that they live there and rebuild their lives alcohol-free. And as you quite rightly said, we also offer counselling and support in the community for people um, where alcohol is negatively impacting upon their life. Um, first comment I will say is I will com- completely agree with you um, in regards to alcohol and alcohol addiction. There's no respect of age, gender, social status um, at all. We see people here from all walks of life um, coming in uh, contact with our service with a whole range of issues. Um, and one of the things that we try and do um, is actually tailor some sort of recovery plan to the, the, the person themselves rather than having a generic uh, way of dealing with it. And how has it sort of been for yourselves working with those that have been afflicted by alcohol issues during the uh, the pandemic? Because I can imagine that during a time where alcohol sort of intake has significantly gone up, trying to sort of maintain yeah. morale amongst them is quite tricky. Yeah. It, it, COVID affected our services in two ways. I mean, obviously with lockdown, we were not able to actually see people face to face. But what we very quickly did was um, use things uh, like Zoom, Skype, Teams, FaceTime, email, telephone, and so on. So we, we very quickly sort of um, responded um, working from uh, the office and seeing people um, online. Where the issues came in was the residential service because obviously social distancing, we weren't allowed um, to admit any new uh, residents in. We had to manage um, the residents we had. We had to have contingencies in case somebody did catch COVID who was in the unit. So that very much um, impacted upon the service. What we saw um, was, despite offering a lot of our existing clients support, we were getting quite a significant amount of people phoning up who were concerned about partner drinking, where they didn't mm-hmm. realize um, the, the extent of somebody's alcohol consumption, but because they were all now in their bubbles living together and so on, they, they then had concerns about what was going on. 
because mm. you know, you're in the home constantly and you're sort of seeing it for yourself it's far more exposed isn't it to other people um so with regards to since um lockdown has actually ended um have you seen that there's been sort of more people coming forward to sort of use your face-to-face services now yeah actually it's a fact um the local media did a, a, an article on it this last 18 months has been the busiest time um that I've known for this service. And I've been running the Guernsey Alcohol Advisory Service um, for 28 years. So I've been here quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, post both lockdowns, um, we had a huge surge in referrals um, and people accessing our service. And one of the things that um, we saw an increase is, is people who were functioning, still in employment, still in relationships and so on, that were presenting concerned about their level of consumption or the fact that when they came out of lockdown, their behavior didn't change. In fact, they carried on drinking at the levels that they were during lockdown, knowing that that wasn't actually healthy. And in those instances where you found the demand for your sort of face-to-face services increasing, how has it been adapting to that? I mean, basically, we've, I mean, we've, we've got a, a good team here. Um, what we did is um, we just responded. We kept on using quite a few of the tools that we used during lockdown. Some clients have, have preferred to carry on using things like um, Skype and Zoom um, rather than come into the office. Um, we've actually developed quite a large amount of online material, um, which we are sending out. We also increased the use of actually telephone calls and things like and using that, checking on people on a regular basis. So it's really just uh, utilizing all the tools that we have. We're quite a small service. Um, it's not a large organization. Um, and even though we got increasing clients uh, accessing the service, it wasn't to the point that we were, weren't able to cope. Mm. That's certainly encouraging. And it seems that you've really been sort of implementing all of the lessons that you've taken from this last year, using all the resources you have to keep those services getting to people where they need them. And I think given the effects that the pandemic has had on sort of alcohol consumption at large, it is important that we do get thinking about our drinking during this alcohol awareness week, isn't it? And it is necessary to be having these conversations. Absolutely. I mean, and this is one of the reasons why, um, you know, these sorts of events happen. It's, I mean, one of the things, that, uh, when I'm talking in the media here, is that we are saying is um, the Guernsey Alcohol Advisory Service is not anti-alcohol. You know, we recognise that it's a social drug um, that is used by the vast majority of the population. Um, yes, for some people it's destructive, their, their drinking is problematic, it creates all sorts of issues. Um, but on the other side of the coin, it's actually getting people to think about their consumption, think about their health, looking at the role that alcohol plays in their lives and whether you actually need to make changes. And it's getting information out there, you know, informed choice and actually, yeah, well, is what I'm doing, is that healthy? Is it good for my long-term health? Is it good for my mental health and well-being? And again, looking at the Alcohol Awareness Week, one of the reasons that they chose the um, alcohol in relationships is because of the way that the lockdown and this COVID has negatively impacted upon people's mental health, and that's well documented. 
Mm. And quite a few people are using alcohol as a, as a coping mechanism, self-medication and so on. So, again, getting them to look at those behaviours. Yeah, and people do form sort of emotional links with alcohol, don't they? It's very much tied in with socialising and sort of having a good time in sort of the culture of the British Isles, let's say. So culturally, I think that's maybe got a large part to play in why, obviously, it's so easy to sort of fall into the alcohol trap, isn't it? Yeah. Um, one of the things as well is that um, people have talked to, to us about is um, pre-lockdown, pre-COVID, um, that quite a large amount of their consumption would be out, socialising, going to restaurants, going to bars, um, going to friends, um, you know, barbecues and so on. But what people changed their behaviour when lockdown came in is for a lot of them they started drinking at home, which was not something that they had done pre the COVID pandemic. Mm. Um, because obviously, one, you couldn't go anywhere, and two, it was a very useful um, way of relaxing, of, of, you know, of managing your coping me- mechanisms in lockdown. And for a lot of people who are alone and isolated, it did almost become a friend. It became part and parcel of their life. Post lockdown, mm. then it was very difficult to change those patterns of behaviour. Yeah, I think it is very much a case of you don't sort of know how deep you're sort of embroiled in all of it until you try to actually make a concerted effort to get out and then you think actually you know I am quite dependent on this particular drug let's say Um, and a lot of people do consume alcohol to control sort of their stress and emotions which is certainly something that we've seen over the last couple of years but are there any more sort of positive ways that people can sort of manage their stress as opposed to turning to alcohol perhaps? Absolutely, and that's one of the things that when we're working with people, it's alternatives to drinking. Um, the most successful people who are able to change behaviour are people who put in alternative strategies of coping um, with their life. So if you've used alcohol as a relaxation, you've used it to deal with stress, you've used it to deal with boredom, all right, and so if we stop or change the drinking behaviour, what are you going to put in place? How, what new strategies, what new coping skills, what new um, lifestyle changes do you then implement? Because observation would show us that if you actually either stop drinking or change behaviour, but don't actually replace that habitual use with something new, you will very quickly go back to old patterns of behaviour. So a lot of the work that we do with people is, as I've said, it's alternative to, you know. I mean, we've got a huge amount of resources here on anxiety management, stress management, anger management, um, because quite often those are the reasons where people are using alcohol. Those are the reasons that they are presenting with the types of issues they do. So it's very useful to actually give them those new coping skills It is absolutely and I think it's important as well that we understand when people are recovering from alcoholism they're not to sort of be shamed and blamed for getting into the position that they're in are they because quite often drinking alcohol turning to it to manage stress is an unconscious choice and 
there's therefore this sort of idea, let's say, that actually when you fall into addiction, it almost isn't actually the victim's fault. And I think that is incredibly important because culturally, again, I think there always is that temptation to sort of shame people that sort of fall into situations such as this. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been working in the drug and alcohol field for nearly 40 years now. You know, I've never met anybody with just an alcohol problem. And I've never come across somebody who deliberately created themselves an alcohol dependency, alcohol addictive, um, you know, situation. Um, a lot of people, when they come and see us, are they're very embarrassed, they feel shamed, especially if um, their behavior has actually been um, quite poor because of the fact that they were alcohol dependent and so on. Mm. And there is still quite a bit of stigma attached. Um, so somebody, you know, and you, you hear people, well, you know, well, just pull yourself together. You, should, you just need to have a bit more discipline. You know, it doesn't work that way, you know. No. When people come through our door, they don't, they don't come in through our door because they, they want to. They know they have to because changes have to be, um, you know, made. And I have a saying here, you know, when the pain of doing nothing outweighs the pain of doing something, that's when people begin to make lifestyle changes. Yes, yes people, they, you know, they are quite embarrassed, they're quite ashamed about their behavior. But one of the things that we actually do is identify, well, what brought you to this point? What happened? How did you arrive here? And now, how can you change it and how can you move on? That's exactly it, isn't it? And it's often like quite, you know, well-to-do and successful people that fall into that trap. It's people who are sort of working in very high executive roles, people who are doing very, very high-stress jobs, perhaps working within government, within industry. And quite often they sort of fall into alcohol dependency, but they're hiding their addictions and almost literally going into work in a morning and having basically strong cups of coffee and nursing a severe hangover because they're just so ashamed of it, but they have to rely upon that every evening. Yeah, and, you know, for our residential units here, um, that isn't the type of clients that we're seeing. The type of clients we see are ones that have lost everything. Mm. Um, Community-based services, that is exactly the type of people that we are seeing. You know, um, there are stereotypes. You, you, you could speak, if you use the term alcoholic, if you, if you want to use that term, you know, people have very strong stereotypes mm. of what you would think an alcoholic is or somebody who is alcohol dependent. The reality, however, is completely different. And you are absolutely correct. A lot of the, our clients are still in relationships, still in employment, still appearing to function, but in fact, underneath it all, are not. Um, and it's changing people's perception, changing the way that people look at the issue, and also changing how people themselves view what's going on. And it, it, it is okay to admit that there's an issue here. It is okay to speak to somebody. It is okay to try and do something about it. Because that's another thing that we see is, you know, I should be able to manage this on my own. I should be able to do this. I'm an intelligent, articulate human being. You know, I'm married. I've got two kids. I've got a good job. Why can I not control this? Why has it got to this point? Mm. And that's quite often, you know, that's what people verbalize. Um, they come here and access a service like ours because consistently they failed in managing to make that change. 
Yes, exactly right. And it is the ideal time, of course, to get thinking about these issues. And if you are um, a listener tuning in based in the bailiwick of Guernsey who may be affected by some of the issues that we are discussing today, um, you can actually contact the Guernsey Alcohol Advisory Service on 01481 723255. And also in the UK, there is a National Alcohol Helpline if you're based in Britain, and that's accessible on 0300 123 treble one zero open weekdays from 9 a.m to 8 p.m and weekends 11 a.m to 4 p.m now moving on uh, from that um, and thinking about the uh, the future now um david just because you know we've moved out of social restrictions and there's still sort of plenty to kind of get to grips with with sort of rising alcoholism um what are some of your key sort of priorities going to be over the next 12 months at the guernsey alcohol advisory service just before we wrap things up um the first thing that we've been doing, and um, we've taken the opportunity um, in um, lockdown and um, over the last couple of years, is we've uh, we've extended the capacity of our residential unit. Um, we've actually, we've upgraded upgraded the building. We've spent a couple of hundred thousand pounds uh, with new roofs, uh, upgrading rooms, um, and actually moving the service forward. Um, so one of the things that we're going to be doing is um, very much expanding the work that the residential unit does. We have links in with the local prison here, um, psychiatric services, um, probation, social work departments, and so on. So it's really moving that element of our service on. As far as our um, community-based alcohol counselling and support, it's very much business as usual and promoting ourselves and promoting the service that we um, the offer. One of the things that was very useful for us um, in the, the, the COVID pandemic was the ability for our local media to promote our services. We, we went across all platforms, when you're talking about TV, radio, um, online, um, the local newspaper and so on, where we were doing regular um, interviews, regular slots, regular uh, updates, about what the services we can offer, what we can do, how you get hold of us, um, and how you can actually change behaviour. And we're going to continue to do that. It was actually very successful. And in fact, one of the things that you know we we had to look at during lockdown is start thinking outside the box. You know how how mm. can you actually respond to that? And it's building on those um, foundations and actually making our service as accessible exactly it isn't it it's very much changing times from that point of view when it comes to service provision and it's going to be really exciting to just sort of see how far that can sort of branch out and what innovative solutions you come up with over the year the next year and beyond and i think david actually it would be fantastic in future to sort of reassess the situation again and see just how those services are coming are developing and coming to fruition because i've really enjoyed having you joining us it's like i say very topical time for it and thank you so much for coming on to the program Thank you very much for allowing me to talk about the services that we offer. It's been an absolute pleasure welcoming David Newman from the Guernsey Alcohol Advisory Service onto today's programme. 
And if you are listening to this podcast and feel that you might have your own story to share with us, then by all means, you can apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. And it could well be you joining us on the roundtable discussion next. Um, Until next time, for all of our regular listeners, please do take care and do stay safe and enjoy yourselves. And we'll be back next time with a whole new episode and a whole new story of success and of innovation from another business or organizational leader. Until then, goodbye.